What we've got here is failure to communicate. And now stepping in, the man that will mispronounce your name but get the fight right. The guy that will pinpoint exactly how it finishes, but still DJ out. Nick the What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Don't Tap podcast. We took a little break last week. You know, it was a little bit of a dumpster diving card. We had some issues running back at our little office here. And uh, just between Calum and I, and we just need to take a break to, uh, you know, regroup, get back on the right step. Um, overall, it was a good week, though, man. But another profitable card. That's what we aim here to do. It's been a little bit trickier now. I'm sure a lot of cappers are feeling it just the same with these dumpster diving events, not getting quite the name value. You're getting chalky lines on favorites that really shouldn't be favored quite as they are. And, you know, last couple of weeks, been a little bit of parlay killers. But it is what it is. We saw Jessica Andrade do what Jessica Andrade does last week. Um, good for her, man. It's a good finish. I don't think anybody saw that first-round submission coming. You saw two Canadians. Calum and I are both Canadian, and, you know, it's good to see them come out and do work. Um, once again, I don't think anybody would have expected that submission in the Jordan Wright fight, but, you know, it's, it's MMA. This is this is what you get yourself into, you know. You don't expect it to happen. You saw Lando Venata get pantsed while getting choked out, you know. This shit happens. It's weird. It's a weird not all around for MMA. You watch Bellator, you saw Cyborg's pulling and tits pop out. You know, it's just, it's just a weird event, man. It's, you get too many events in one weekend, you can have some greasy shit happen. But um, as you can tell, riding solo this week, uh, I don't got my partner here to talk shit back and forth with me. So we'll keep it short and sweet. Going to run down some fights, go through the best betting angles, best things that I see. Um, this car is a little bit of a step up, and then we got the pay-per-view the following week. So, you know, we're back on an upwards progression, and – Hopefully we can get away from these dumpster diving trap spotty cards. We've got PFL going on tonight. So um, by the time the shit drops, I'll be all said and done, but you know, <clears throat> things are picking up. You know, we're starting to get more events and good things coming our way. So let's dive right into this card. In the main event, you got Rob Font versus Marlon Vera. This is a fight for anybody, man. Like this is the type of fight you want to get your fucking grandmother sit down and watch. This shit's going to be an all a fucking banger. This is a fight for the fans. It's always good whenever you got this type of headliner, you know, especially on a fight now, man, because y'all going to be screaming at your screen whenever this shit goes down. You look at Rob Font. Rob Font's definitely the type of guy where you can say he has the better strength of schedule in this. He's fought in the likes of Cody Garbrandt. He's fought in the likes of Jose Aldo, although he lost that fight. But unanimous uh, decision didn't necessarily look the greatest in that fight, but um, probably don't know, man. Jose Aldo's never lost a... Anybody that hasn't been either a title contender or in the top five. So there's nothing wrong with that. Prior to that, he beat Marlon Rice, who was recently retired, and Ricky Simone. Um, me personally, I do have some questions whenever it comes to Rob Font. I think I've personally seen some gas tank issues with him going later in the rounds. The fact that he wasn't able to get Cody Garbrandt out of there is also a little bit suspect to me, considering no offense to Cody. A swift gust of wind seems to be able to take the guy's chin these days. So it's a little bit suspect now. Now, if you look at Marlon Vera, you know, I can say kind of the same comparisons. Calum and I were both on Frank Yeager in his last fight. And I would have to check the official scorecards, but on my official scorecards, 
I had Frankie winning two of those, three of those rounds before he got KO'd. Prior to that, you know, he has a win over Davy Grant. And ironically enough, a loss to Jose Aldo. Um, you go back and watch both these fights. Honestly, think that Marlon Vera looked a little bit better against Jose Aldo. I think the issue that you have with Marlon Vera is the fact that he takes a little bit to get going. You know, the guy seems to be very slow on the gas in the first round. He's never been in a five-round fight, so it's hard to say how he's going to look going down the stretch. But if you watch any of his fights, he looks a lot better in the second and the third round as opposed to the first. So I think a five-round fight honestly favors him. Um, you know, I spent three hours listening to this guy talk on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like, he's a very intelligent dude. He's very aware of what he's doing. And this guy is 100% for his family. Um, and this fight, man, I think I have to side with a slight dog on this. I think Rob Font's probably going to come out strong. But I think that whenever this fight really takes place and it really gets going into the nitty-gritty of the later rounds, I think you're really going to see Marlon Vera take over. Dude's got devastating leg kicks. I think he's got a grappling advantage. And although Rob Font's got one of the cleanest jabs in the game, I really just think this fight's going to come down to um, hit, uh, come down to Vera just kind of taking over late. And now that being said, from a betting perspective, obviously, I don't think that betting on either one of these guys is really the smartest play, just based on the fact that this fight is going to be heavily contested. And whenever I was watching tape, I find that the most important thing in this fight's probably going to come down in the third round. Because as I said, I think you're going to have Raw Font early. And I think you're going to have Marlon Vera late. And I think the third round is going to be real pinnacle on who's going to take over in this fight. So I think if you're going to play this fight, man, I think the over is the way to go. Um, <coughs> you know, you can play the fight goes the distance, I think is a fair bet. But I think staying away from the money line on this one's probably just your best case scenario. Just based on the fact that I said it's, it's going to be a very close com uh, competitive fight. So I wouldn't put too much stock in who you're going to think. You're home again, plus 110 on Marlon Vera. It's not the greatest bet in the world. Um, so if you look at the over right now, the over right now, over 1.5, sitting at minus 600, obviously a greasy, chalky play. But I think the over 3.5 is a perfect parlay piece. Sitting at minus 225, fits in well there. And I think that's probably the way it's going to go. Fight goes the distance, minus 163. I don't foresee a finish in this fight. So, official picks going to be Marlon, Marlon Vera, plus 110. But as for me personally, I'll be betting the over 3.5 at minus 225. Moving on down the card, we got one of the OGs in the game, Andre Alosky going against the fat man himself, Jake Collier. I see a lot of people talking about how this is Jake Collier's time to shine. I personally disagree. Um, I don't really think too much of Jake Collier. A lot of people are saying, oh, he's fast, he's quick. But at the end of the day, man, like Andre Olosky has been doing this for God knows how long, you know. You're going to hear the same narrative and you're going to hear the same thing on every single podcast where people are like, oh, Andre Olosky's chin. Andre Olosky hasn't been KO'd since like 2014. Like this isn't something we can really keep bringing up in these equations here. Jay Collier, although he's going to have a slight reach advantage, which was a little bit of a surprise to me because – he kind of looks like a, just a real short, fat man, and Arlovski looks kind of tall and jacked. But nonetheless, um, Jay Colley is really going to have to pressure him, close the distance, land strikes. And I just think at the end of the day, Andre Arlovski going to be able to ride out a decision. I think he's got the better fight IQ. I don't think this fight hits the ground. 
And I just think from a judging perspective, Andre is really good at staying on his bicycle, landing his punches and his kicks. Guy hasn't killed anybody in almost 10 years. Like, I think his last kill was Travis Brown. So he's not going in there trying to get people out of there anymore. He's going in there and doing what he has to do. He's 40-plus years old, not trying to get his clock clean no more. So for me, it's Andre all day. Andre by decision. Uh, sitting at plus 137 right now. It's a good play. <clears throat> um, the fight goes the distance. is sitting at a minus 188, which is also, in my opinion, a good parlay piece. Jay Collier really isn't the type of guy that's going to be the next one to KO Andre. You know, he's been in there with much better power punchers uh, in the last couple of years. So I think when you look at this fight, if you're kind of looking at it going, I don't really know what side to play. I think fight goes the distance. You're honestly, it's not a juice line. They're heavyweights, so there is some sort of variables there, but I really don't see a finish coming from either one of these guys. So but for official podcast pick, I'm going with Andre Arlovsky. In the next fight, you got one of my favorite guys to watch fight, Andre Feely, going up against Joe Anderson Brito. Um, let's give a shout-out uh, for all of you who don't know me personally. I'm a big fan of hardcore music and heavy music. Uh, Andre Feely plays in a band called Born Breach. Um, definitely worth checking out. They're a good band, you know, keeping it alive in the scene, man. My two favorite things, man, is watching people get punched in the face in hardcore music. So whenever a guy incorporates both, I got to love that. Um, back to the point on this one. So Andre Fili in his last fight, man, the guy was looking the best we've ever seen. His boxing was on point, kicks, punches. The guy's really putting together what we've really wanted to see out of this guy for a lot of years. Unfortunately, the fight was ended up in a no contest due to the fact that there was an eye poke in the second round because it wasn't past that point. Um, it ended up going to, or it just ended up being a no contest. Sorry, it never ended up going to the judges. But the guy's really coming around, man. The guy trains the team alpha male, one of the best guys there. So, you know, he's definitely got to look out for. Um, and if you want to say, man, like the guy, whenever he fought Bryce Mitchell, he was looking a lot better than Edson Barbosa looked against Bryce Mitchell. And this is a lot, man. Edson Barbosa is one of the cleanest strikers that we've ever seen fight in MMA. So Andre Philly has a lot going for him. In retrospect, you got Joe Anderson Brito. Uh, the guy was fresh out of the contender series. His last fight, he really kind of failed to um, get the job done. And the reason why is, man, the guy just he goes so balls to the wall right out the gate. Joe Anderson Brito wants to come in and take your head off. And unfortunately, if he can't do it, then he kind of is left there with a poor gas tank. We saw that in the Bill Algeo fight. The first round, he dominated the whole round, but he was huffing and puffing by the time he got back in this one. And that's just not something you want to put your money on when it comes down from a betting perspective, you know. With Andre Feely, the guy's been in there, three-round wars. He's taking punches from some of the best guys in the division, and he's never gone down. So I got Andre Feely in the spot. I feel like he probably rides that to a decision. Um, but y'all know me, man. I like to bet some crazy shit. And if you do not bet Joe Anderson Brito by first-round KO at plus 2,200, you're missing out. That's a dumb line for this guy's only win condition. So, but to me, Andre Fielder, man, top ticket, probably material. The guy's boxing is just so on point. His wrestling's good, man. The guy's a complete package when it comes to MMA. And he's not going to blow his load early like, uh, like our good friend Joe Anderson Brito here.
the next fight, we got Grant Dawson going up against Jared Gooden. Now, I'll be real, man. Jared Gooden ain't good. Like, he is not somebody that I would generally bet on. But stylistically, I feel like this is kind of a bad matchup for Grant Dawson. Um, Grant Dawson's the type of guy that's going to come out. He's going to put you on your back, and he's going to make you work the whole time. But Jared Gooden is a grindy wrestler with a black belt. You know, this is style makes fights. This ain't the type of fight where it makes a style. Like, there's nothing going on here. You know, you're going to have two guys with a relatively similar game plan. Problem is, we've seen Grant Dawson grass out in the past. You know, whenever guys real put that heavy wrestling pressure on them, I think Grant Dawson is definitely going to be the one to be the minute winner in the beginning here. But it's how he looks out of the first round because the first round is going to be grindy. Like, there's going to be a lot of cage work. There's both going to be going for takedowns. You know, and even once he gets good and down, what's he going to do? You know, Gooden's going to be the one that's going to be trying to press for the submission. So I think if you play this fight, man, I think the best way to go about it is to play the over. Um, it's hard to pick a side. Like to me, I think Grant Dawson is definitely the side. The guy's 17 and one has looked impressive, but it's definitely a little bit dicier than you want it to be. Uh, right now, the over is sitting at. Minus 400, so they're seeing the exact same shit I'm seeing. If I go the distance, minus 188. I think that's probably your play in this one, man. From official pick, I'm going to go with Grant Dawson. I think the guy's got the higher ceiling. I think he's the better wrestler, and I think he's the better fighter all around. But, you know, after his last fight, man, it makes me very hesitant on where he's going to be at because he's going to have to real work, and it's he's taking this fight on short notice. You know, what's his cardio going to look like? It's definitely dicier than you want it to be. So, to me, official play, fight goes the distance. As for an official pick for the podcast, I'm going to go with Grant Dawson. Moving on down the card, we have Darren the Damage Elkins going on against my boy Tristan Conley, the Canadian. Um, I see a lot of money coming in on Darren Elkins. I see a lot of people still back in this guy. Darren Elkins needs to retire, man. That Cub Swanson fight was bad. The guy real took a beating, and unfortunately, that's the story of this guy's career. Not to sit here and give some sort of sob story, but, like, Darren Elkins is the type of guy, man, that has just been in so many fucking wars. And he wins fights by getting his ass kicked, but at a certain point, that catches up to you, you know? Nobody, we've seen it with boxers, man, like, where they kind of just stick around the sport too long. And the sad reality is I think that's going to be Darren Elkins, and I think that's going to show in true colors in his fight coming up on Saturday. You know, I even watched an interview with him this week, and I don't say the guy sounds brain dead, but, like, his his words are, like, heavily slurred. Like, there's definitely been some sort of, like, effect from the beatings that he took. And I said that Cup Swanson fight, man, the guy got school. Uh, you can always count on Darren Elkins to come back. Like, most cappers, man, like, we are big on the Derek Minner winner. Like, we knew that he was going to come back, and Derek Minner is a one-round type of fighter, so we were – we're fairly confident on that. Now you look at Tristan Conley, man. Tristan Conley hasn't fought in a little while. He's the guy that's most known for that um, fight he took with Alex Pereira on short notice, where Alex Pereira decided to do more backflips than fighting and gassed out and ended up losing the fight. Nonetheless, um, Tristan Conley, I say good Canadian guy, man. The guy's got crisp boxing, good wrestling, and he's just an all-around well, well, well-rounded fighter. I think it's 14-7, but he hasn't really been in the same wars that Darren Alex has been in. He's got good power in his punches, man, and I got to back my Canadian in the spot. I think Tristan Conley is just going to show, like what I just said, that 
Darren Elkins' career is kind of coming to an end, and the damage is just taking way too much fucking damage at this point. So I'm going with Tristan Conley. Going with Tristan Conley probably by KO. But <clears throat> at the money line pick, I think he's right now sitting at dog money. Let's break this down from that, though. Right now, yeah, Tristan Conley's sitting at a plus 137, and I think you just take the money line on this one. I think it's probably your best bet. Um, over 1.5, sitting at minus 350, not the worst look. Fight goes the distance. I don't think this one does. Plus, so plus 25, it's probably a fairly good read there. Moving on to the next one, we got the guy that upsets every single person, GM3 fucking Mershaw, going off against Christoph Jaco. Christoph Jaco is sitting at a minus 175 favorite with the return on Gerald Marichard being a plus 150. Um, yeah, this one's... Like, this is a Gerald Merchard fight. Like, if you've ever broken down a Gerald Merchard fight, it is what it is. He's not going to win minutes, and if he wins, he's going to win by submission. So, if you're on the Gerald Merchard uh, line, skip the money line and jump right to submission problem. That's your best way to go about it if you are looking at him from a betting perspective. Um, Gerald Merchard is the type of guy, though, man. The guy's got to take a beating to give one. Like, He's not technically sound anywhere. His wrestling isn't that good. Uh, I believe he's a black belt, and he generally pulls off these late submission wins. But on retrospect, man, Christoph Jocko is a decision machine. That's literally what the guy does is he wins minutes. He barely has any finishes on his record. He doesn't come in with the expectations of finishing. And in all fairness, he's got a great takedown defense which completely goes against the narrative that Gerald Marshall is going to be able to do it. Even if you look at his last fight uh, against Misha Serkinov, Misha Serkinov attempted 17 takedowns, being the much bigger guy, and only landed five of them. So I think Jocko is going to be able to do what Jocko does. He's going to point fight this to a decision. He probably even is going to take GM3 down at some point, laying his guard. And as I said, he's just, he's just going to be the bigger minute winner here. I don't agree that... Uh, Christoph Jocko by the city or by KO is plus 187 and the decision is plus 210. I think the plus 210 is a steal because Jeremy or because Christoph Jocko can't finish fucking anybody. So, but I'm going with Jocko all day and Jocko by decision. Moving on down one more time. Also, Bet365 right now is uh, offering a boost for Chase Sherman plus 2000 to win by KO. Take it. Why not? Just do it. So, <clears throat> moving on down, we have Daniel De La Silva going against against uh, Francisco Figueroa. Now, everybody knows this guy, man. This is a little figgy. Um, Davidson Figueroa's little brother. And this guy's been not very impressive. You know, he had his last fight against uh, – sorry, let me – Hold this up here. And the last fight against my other Canadian boy who cashed big on this underdog ticket against Malcolm Gordon, man. And Malcolm Gordon came out and proved that he still wanted to be in the UFC in that fight, man. And the biggest takeaway I have with Figueredo in this one is that he does absolutely atrocious whenever people control the dance. And that's what you're going to see here, man. Daniel De La Silva, the type of guy that's in your face, man, shooting takedowns, shooting punches, shooting kicks. Like, guys, 11 and 2. 
he's coming off a loss to Jeff Molina, but that doesn't say much, man. Jeff Molina has been looking like a good guy, man. Jeff Molina is looking up like a tough perspective. Like this guy really knows what he's doing. So it's no harm, no foul there. Um, it's going to be a closely contested fight. Once again, like looking at this car, man, I'm looking at props more than I'm looking at actual uh, money line picks. Minus 138 on Daniel De La Silva with the return on Figueroa at a plus 110. I think this fight goes the distance is probably the best play. If I goes the distance, minus 125. I don't really see where there'd be a finish in this fight. I think both guys aren't active enough to get it done. It's a flyweight fight. And um, I'm going to side with Daniel De La Silva by decision. But at the end of the day, I said I'm just playing the prop of fight goes to decision. Moving on down, we have Alexander Romanov going up against Chase Sherman. Yeah. Chase Sherman, if you guys didn't know, got this fight after getting cut from the UFC and was offered a four-fight deal to take this fight with a massive pay increase. That's how badly they wanted to keep Alexander Romanov on the fight card last weekend. And then Chase Sherman wasn't clear to fight. So UFC got the short end of the stick on this one. Chase Sherman, absolutely atrocious. There's a lot of speculation going on around this guy's career because he had some real bad back knee and was looking okay. And then, ironically enough, got rid of the back knee, clear sign of steroids, and started looking a lot shittier than he once did. Alexander Romanoff on the other position. I'm not high on him like everybody is. Everybody thinks this guy's going to be the next heavyweight champion i personally disagree with this um you know that one Spina fight is one that just fucking rings bells in my ears because he took it down that fight that wasn't that bad of a foul he could have easily continued that fight and he wanted out because one Spina was starting to do work on him and i don't think he would have got out of that third round so alexander romanov's not the type of guy i ever want to put my money on that being said, the line right now is sitting at minus 2,600. He should easily dismantle Chase Sherman as much as I don't think he's the next big thing. Um, but there's there's no value on this. The the KO submission probably sitting at like minus 500. Like there's just – there's nothing left. There's no juice here. It's So Alexander Romanoff is the biggest favorite the UFC has ever had on a card. So that tells you a lot about what people expect to happen here. And at the end of the day, I think that um, Chase Sherman is going to get mauled. That being said, that doesn't mean I'm not going to put $10 on Chase Sherman because why the fuck not? At these stupid odds, it's heavyweight MMA and it's low level at that. So we've seen weirder shit happen. So my official pick, Alexander Romanov, probably first round submission is probably the way to go. What do we got next here? Next, you got another Canadian and Johan Linnaeus going up against Gabe Green. Now, Gabe Green's an interesting one. You know, he's been talking about the heart condition that he had and the heart surgery he had. It's a little bit uh, a little suspect, you know. It kind of puts a weird taste in your mouth on what's going to happen here. But at the end of the day, I think this fight's relatively simple. Like, Gabe Green's probably going to be the win uh, minute winner here. I think he's got the better wrestling and the more technical striking whenever it comes to Johan Leninas. Man, this guy doesn't know what the fuck a jab is. I don't box, man. I don't know what the fuck a jab is either. But, like, he's just incapable of setting up his punches. 
you know, the guy goes in, man, he throws hooks followed by takedowns. If that gives you any sort of idea of what his game plan is. Like, this guy's coming in to clean your fucking clock, and that is his direction. Where Gabe Green, Gabe Green's a lot more calm, composed. He had the fight with Daniel Rodriguez, D-Rod there. Didn't look bad. Like, you know, the guy came in short notice. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez, top 10 guy. He looked really good. People thought he'd get smoked. I had the first round first round KO for uh, Daniel Rodriguez in that fight. So, needless to say, here in my respect there. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're betting this win, um, I think you Gabe Green's the side here for sure. But I think Johan is super live, and I think the first round KO is probably the only place I'll get to with my money there, just because this is too low level for me at this point. But official podcast play, I'm going with Gabe Green. Um, but fight doesn't go the distance. Minus 225 is probably the smarter play. Once again, I feel like these fights are a lot closer than people think they are. So I think it's easier to play the overs and unders. And that's probably where you're going to get most value on this card and not have somebody fuck up your parlay completely. Next, we got Mike Breeden going up against Natan Levy. Natan Levy kind of looked lackluster in his UFC debut. Um, he got taken down like crazy against why the against Rafa Garcia, <clears throat> which Rafa Garcia in his last fight, honestly, once again, batted against him. Guy came in, looked like a world beater. He's actually a very talented guy. I gotta stop fading this dude. Um, the Tom Levy is your stereotypical like uh, Taekwondo style fighter, wants to keep his distance, land leg kicks, jab, punch, get the fuck out of the pocket. Like, he doesn't want to be in there to engage in a fist fight, you know? He's not going in there to entertain nobody. He's also been working heavily on his ground game. And in all fairness, Mike Breeden, man, like, he's a tough sell in this one. I think the Ton Levy, if he comes in and shows up like we think he should, he's definitely the side here. Mike Breeden's got good KO power and apparently has real good uh, takedown defense. Excuse me. He trains with Gray uh, with a... Glory MMA Fitness with James Krause. And that's where this makes me a hard fade spot. I like Natal Levy in this fight. But James Krause, man, the guy's one of the best coaches out there. It's so hard to go against this guy. So um, I'm going to go with Natal Levy in the spot. But I think Mike Breeden is also very alive. Once again, you're going to hear me say, I think a lot of these fights are going over here. Um, I think the over is probably the best way to play it with the over 2.5 sitting at a minus 188. Over 1.5 minus 334, not the worst angle in the world either, especially if you're parlaying these pieces up. Um, you're probably going to get some decent value on that. But I think Natan Levy wins, but I think we haven't seen enough from Natan Levy to really see where he is at. So, you know, it's going to be closer contested than the line may suggest in this one. Um, I'm not going to spend very much time on this next one and Gina Mazzani going up against Shannon Young, primarily because this is low level as fuck. Like Gina Mazzani in her last fight looked absolutely terrible after the first round, but the first round, it was all her takedown city, takedown city. But whenever she got up, man, like she was getting pieced up by Priscilla and she's just not somebody I really feel confident, confident investing my money into that being said, I also don't want to put money on uh Shannon young either. You know, it's just one of these people, man, like this is as low level as it gets, man. Um, once again, 
I feel like Priscilla is probably the side, but I say it time and time again, I don't advise betting low level women's MMA and it's no knock on it. It's just at least in low level men's MMA, the chance of somebody getting KO'd is very probable because you have one guy that's definitely going to have a striking advantage where even in high level women's MMA, you don't see a lot of finishes. And from a betting perspective, it makes it real hard to bet because you know this is going to the judges' scorecards. You know that it's going to be closely contested. And regardless of what ticket you have in your hand, you're probably going to be on the wrong end of it. So official pick, I'm going to go with Gina Mzani. I feel like she'll be able to land enough takedowns together. But Shannon Young's in this fight too. So I bet this fight goes the distance. Last fight on the card. We have two newcomers coming in here with Izuro Tarara going up against Carlos Card Candelario. Um, I like Carlos Candelario a lot in the spot, man. I think the line is wide as fuck with Carlos Candelario right now being a plus 300. Um, you'll hear Calum and I talk about this a lot, right? Whenever it comes down to these events, you have to look at the regional scene and who they are fighting. And with Taria, like, the Chinese regional scene is not good. You don't see a lot of guys come out of it, and you see a lot of guys get slept on the contender series. Like, it's just not a very good regional scene. It's no knock on him, man, but he really needs to get out there and kind of, like, spread his wings into, like, the U.S., into Mexico, into these areas where you really have strong regional scenes where you see a lot of talent being produced and come up from it. Carlos Candelario, in his last fight against Victor Altamirano, he lost a split decision, but fuck, he looked good. You know, the guy's got great striking, great grappling, and had a plus 300 dog. I think this line is just way, way wrong. So I got Carlos in the spot, man. There is a chance that Taria comes in and just fucking cleans his clock, but I don't foresee it happening. I think Candelario is going to be able to ride this out. I think Taria is going to feel adversity for the first time in his career. And I think we're going to start the night on Saturday with a big dog win. So <clears throat> that's it for the fights. Let's go down the shoe this quick, man. I got uh, Marlon Barra in the main event. Over 3.5 is the play. I got Andre Lowski by decision. Fight goes a distance is probably your best play. I got Andre Fiele by decision. But Joe Anderson Brito plus 2200 first round KO. Is a play. Um, I'm actually gonna go Jared Gordon against Grant Dawson. I just feel like uh, with this fight being short notice, Grant Dawson's gonna run into issues. And the next one, I got Tristan Conley defeating Darren Elkins. I feel like Darren Elkins is just way past his prime, and we're gonna see it shine through, through and through. Next one, I have Christoph Jaco beating Gerald Marshall by decision, just based on the fact that this guy's a decision machine. And I think his fight IQ is going to show Alexander Romanoff versus Chase Sherman. I really don't think I need to tell you that I'm on Romanoff. Um, Daniel De La Silva. I'm actually going to go with little figgy here. I think Figueredo is just going to be able to nullify a lot of what the Silva wants to do, but this fight is a hundred percent going to a decision. And I feel like it's going to be close. Next one. I have you. I think Gabe Green is the side in the next one. But that's a Johan Lioness. You got to play that first round KO, man. Like, that's his win condition. And this is low level as it gets, man. So you got to play to people's strengths. 
Mike Breeden versus Natan Levy. I'm going to side with Natan Levy and hope the fact that he actually comes in and, you know, shows people what we expect to see from him. Uh, Gina Mazzani against Shane Young. Gina Mazzani, but no confidence at all in this low-level women's MMA. And for the first fight of the night, I'm going with Carlos Candelario to beat Terraria. Appreciate everybody for listening. This is the Don't Have Podcast. Uh, Don't Have Podcast. Um, Bamba wants to go. We have a Facebook group. We also have the JBW Sports Group, the UFC group. It's there on Facebook. We got a group chat, man. If anybody wants to come in, join, talk some shit, and um, break down some fights with us, man. We all want to make money. It's what we aim here to do. It's hard on these low-level MMA cards, so, you know. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Hey, I'm UFC President Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum McGregor. They're staring at me. See ya.